You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo. Hi, Dave. This is Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo. I am so excited that you are here, that you get to speak with us today on a really special topic that I think is very important to not just individual people, but to the masses at large. And um, for those of y'all who do not know, uh, my friend Dave Brooks, I've known you for a few years now, and uh, we connected through a different ministry called Sapphire Leadership Group, which is ran by Arthur Burke. And he's actually taught a lot of principles on how to have spirit forward living and how to engage um, in a lot of different uh, paradigm shattering topics, dynamics, um, principles. And so Dave, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, I'm excited about our topic on fathering and what that looks like. Yeah. Thanks, Megan. It's really, it's good. To, it's good. Um, it's good to be with you. Susan and I have, have appreciated walking with you. You walking with us over the past year or so. And we think of you and Russell as family and we're very, very, very honored and comfortable to be in part of your family. That's great. There you go. Same. Awesome. Amen. One of the first questions I have for you is um, within a spirit forward dynamic of life and living beyond the veil, because that's the purpose. If Jesus came, he tore the veil. We now have access. What does that look like in the family dynamic? And what does that look like specifically with the dynamic of fathering? Well, G- Jesus is the son, and so his relationship to God the Father is not only our, our example, but it's what we draw life from. So um, G- Jesus, Jesus, Jesus committed to fulfilling the will of God. He said, I'm, uh, my body will be, let my body be prepared as a sacrifice. I'd like to do your will of God. And you're, um, so that, that's what, you know, that, that's a fundamental principle. His relationship to with God is father is the father is not his taskmaster. Father is the one who he loves and admires more than, than any being in the universe. And to carry and to carry out a, to carry out father's plans to see God's wisdom um, operate in not only in creation and people as part of that is a very very big deal. Um, okay, we know that Jesus came to reconcile all creation to the Father, not just people, but um, but also everything else God made. Um, the, I've been thinking about a couple days, last couple days about the concept of peace, that, that we look at peace as an absence of conflict or maybe more, um, or, you know, just not lack of fighting and, and agitation, but actually peace is when we are reconciled to God. So we have individual peace in, in our own life as we, as we accept God's reconciling, as we, as we reconcile ourselves to God, we have peace with others as both of us as both people in the relationship are being reconciled to God. And I, th- I think that that's, uh, uh, that's an important dynamic of fathering. So, th- so there's father saying, I know it's important. I know it's just, I know it's right. And I'm doing it. And so I think that that's an essential of fathering. Part of that is, is helping us to grow up, to be the people that God intended us to be, to unpack our gifts, to um, use those things we're like righteously, um, and also to uh, deal with our own, our own darkness and the darkness and iniquity in the living situations we find ourselves in, not just in our families, but also in our communities, our larger community. If we're part of a church group, then, then that would be it. Whatever kinds of communities and fellowship. There's always going to be darkness in people. It's how we respond to the, 
the light and the correction of God um, is a big factor in how we, how we deal with that. So our mutual prayers are, are really big. Um, I, I made, I made, okay. So I took the original notes that you, that you had for me and this may or may not uh, answer your question well or directly. Also in order to face the camera, I now have my notes on top of the, of the video. So That's if you're trying, if you're, yeah, <laughs> if you're, if you're trying to get my attention by waving your hand, I won't see it right at the moment. Not a um, problem. Okay. Okay. So um, one way to look at fathering is to teach people a number of things. God is teach. God, these are things that God is teaching us. The, this And this is just notes off the top of my head. It's not like, you know, the most profound teaching on earth. What is it? The number one, what is it that God wants you to give to this person or to be to this person or also the situation? So I've, I've done that with you just from conversations we've had in the past. I think, okay, so um, this is something, these are the things that Megan said that was interesting. And then if I'm going off, I'm just driving down the road and praying about things, they come back to me. Then I'll ask myself, last question, Lord, what is it you want me to see? Or help me have a clue here into what's happening. And then I'll pro once, once that starts to unfold, then I'll also ask the question, well, what, what specifically do you want me to do for her? I can pray with great reckless abandon and, and often do, uh, but then when it comes to when it goes around to talking to the person, I have a lot more caution in that respect. Sure. I've, sure. I've been given a lot of really nonsense words that were uh, really half formed. You know, they weren't the Lord at all. And I know what the damage is from, from that. So I have, I have a lot of filters and breaks in process. In place that, for that. That's actually really, it, that's so perfect because on a previous podcast, we had spoken about how in friendships and even in the body of Christ, sometimes people will give a quote word of the Lord, but we can't have mm -hmm. other people be our Holy spirit. Right. Um, but there is a really beautiful community that can be formed with mm -hmm. the principles of how God uses people's design and uses people mm -hmm. in the body to create healing, to create wholeness, to, to get rid of some of this division and nonsense that mm -hmm. we see happening in the body of believers. So, mm -hmm. um, a question that I do have for you, what did, what have father wounds looked like? Not specifically in your life, but what mm -hmm. could a father wound look like and how could that obstruct our view of God, the father? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a perfect question because for a lot of people, when they're, when they first hear the teaching that God is their father, they're like, I don't want that because that was a mean person in my life. That was a person who did not help me, um, who, who, you know, prevented me from making progress and whatever, whatever kinds of nature of their relationship. Um, I have those kind of, I had those kind of, have, I have those kind of issues in my life, in my life have had them. Um, my father passed away recently. And so I actually uh, had a chance to, I had a chance, it was, it was orchestrated by the Lord to dig deep and pray about the spiritual dynamics of, of my family going back a number of generations, yeah. the place where I was, where I was conceived and born, um, the things that happened to my, to my father's family when they moved from Cincinnati, Ohio to Phoenix, Arizona. And I don't know what all those things are, but, uh, but I had, I had a chance to pray into that. Um, I actually saw, I actually saw a spiritual entity with his hand stuck in my dad's head with his finger right here through the prefrontal cortex in his yeah. fingers. Um, his, his thumb through the prefrontal cortex, the seat of dominion, and his fingers in the lobes three through five of the brain. That data just came with it. I didn't know that that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the significance of those. So there's there's some really, really, um, there's been demonic activity in my family 
but that but that's not our birthright. Our birthright is not to be demonized. Our birthright is right. something much much better that God placed in us. I think talking with my between talking with my sisters and my cousins, I think that we have a we think we have a builder paradigm. I think we have a building paradigm in the family, which explains why the enemy has put so much activity into blocking this family like that. Okay, so father so father wounds. Um, the the enemy works very very hard to to give us a caricature of God. God is very mean. He made his son suffer on a cross. He he pulled something out, out of the air and said, yeah, you're all guilty for that. And you're all, something bad's going to happen to you unless you do something such, such. That's a caricature. That's not the love of God. That's not the truth of the gospel. That's right. not the power of the cross at all. So um, what's been, things have been helpful to me in dealing with that is to ask, ask God to show me what is really going on. Second, to make sure that I celebrate what the kindness of God has shown me um, Susan says, I didn't realize this, but Susan says that I'm notorious. I didn't. And again, I didn't know that for the scripture. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I will yeah. see the goodness of God in the land of the living, living. We were trying to sell our house and it flooded three times. We were, we were about to leave our house and go to call you know, a house in Idaho, go to Colorado for, for, um, a couple of months and, and not come back for a while. And the basement flooded the day before it flooded. And it was nuts. And I said, no, God will give me the strength to get through this. I determined to not fall and stumble for this. I will see mm-hmm. the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I had to I had to raise the bar really high on how far I was willing to go with that. And then it sold like it was supposed to. It sold yeah. for the price we asked for. That's amazing. And yeah. a lot of, I think a lot of that is just like really setting your face like a flint and not mm. giving in to yes. the the false identity that society, mm-hmm. the enemy has placed on God, the father. So mm-hmm. I really, I love that, that idea and that perspective. A question I do have is how, how does shame affect our relationship with God, the father in the context of, Oh, you've done all this horrible stuff. Condemnation, mm. condemnation, condemnation. Mm. You're never good enough. Like you can't say that you're good at anything because then you're prideful. You know, mm. like yeah. what would you say about that and how we view God the Father? That that that's excellent too. Shame is shame is horribly destructive. Um, you first good look we had a shame is in Genesis chapter three. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve both both messed up big time. Eve did something she should have handled it differently. Adam definitely should have handled it differently. He should have stepped in and said, Eve, let's take a look at this before we go any further. He, Adam, Adam could have and should have gone to God and said, we have a terrible mess here. What do we do to fix this? What do I do? What do you do? I really don't know where to go from here. All the wisdom you put in me, animal names, everything, you know, guard, husbandry, gardening, you know, plant, animal, plant gardening and all that. Plant husbandry. Sorry, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> how, how to grow the garden and replicate it? I, I don't have a clue. I don't know where they go here. So so they hid and they cut themselves off from their only hope, from the mm-hmm. from the help of the living God. And they're willing to not believe. They're willing to not believe that God was good and was going to help them. Um, you didn't. They didn't really come forward and and do anything uh, worship or sacrifice wise or, um, or anything specifically to honor God. They didn't do anything to restore their relationship is it's like they head out and had a couple of kids and you don't really know what they did. And I, I know that they, there must've been issues in the way they raised them because religion comes from Cain. Abel said, 
it's in my heart to do something for God. It's good and appropriate to do a sacrifice. I don't know how he came up with that. I don't know how he came to that methodology, but Abel was, Jesus refers to Abel as a prophet. He says in one of the gospels that all the prophets from Abel through Zechariah. And so, you know, that, so, you know, the, he had the intent to listen to God and, and to do what was good. Cain did religion. I don't want my brother to win over me. I'm going to compete. I'm going to do it my own way. Now I'm going to insist that my way is right. Religion. So the, so the shame that Adam and Eve had, they currently did not deal with well enough to were metastasized into religion and murder. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that whole entire paradigm just shifted the entire family dynamic from there on out. And that was the antithesis of the community of God, the family in heaven that we have, and that can be brought and brought into earth. Um, you know, just having some of those father wounds healed. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, 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 so let me add this real quick. So, so back to Cain, he, he showed the, the depth of his deception where he said, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are my brother's keeper. I am my brother's keeper. That doesn't mean that I do everything my brother wants, but I have to ask the question. Galatians 6, Paul says, carry your own burdens, be responsible for your own stuff, help each other carry their burdens, be responsible for their own stuff. Okay, well, aren't they supposed to carry their own burdens? Yes, they are. They can't do that. Help them get to that point. Even in the law, we're taught. Um, if you see your enemy's donkey and has fallen under a load, go help the donkey. Yeah, help them out. Your friend, your friend, your community, and your and your and your enemy it is your responsibility to show kindness to your enemy. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, so we are a brother's keeper. So I, I keep that I keep that in the context of I don't want to be under the law of all the things I'm supposed to do for people. But Paul has a really good track record in the New Testament of praying for the tr- people that he talks to. One of the, one of the main themes is I think it's a, in, I have to do an inventory, but at least half the prayers, it's along the lines of coaching. God coach, coach them on your will. So they understand your will really, really well. Then that's something I can do without fear for anyone because it's not my agenda of help them get with my program and help them be nice to me is help them understand what your will is for their life and how to carry that out. So that just as a prayer cycle, that's a, that's a good one for, uh, for community. Um, it can be burden bearing. It can be unhealthy, but as far as just if I if I think of you and Russell, then that's one of the first things I go to. Lord, you know that you know the things they have up ahead of this, and I'd ask you just you. I've seen you pump pump wisdom and truth and 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 righteousness into them, and ask for for that to just keep flowing fresh. Life of God. We agree. Just as an example, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And I think that prayer posture of heart is so much better than all these will manifesting prayers where we are mm-hmm. inadvertently praying our will onto somebody else. And that's like yeah. straight up witchcraft, honestly, yeah, straight we're, up doing witchcraft. That. we're doing that in the church and the church just mm-hmm. is blind to the elements that they're pulling in. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, I've seen, I've seen people say, I want to get the transcript of this prayer, right? For this prayer. So I can do the same, the same way. And we're like, it's magic. There's a point at which you're using it as a formula to accomplish an end. It's magic. I know right. because I was in the occult. I was in that before yeah. before I was saved. It was it's pretty terrible. Yeah. And yeah. there has mm-hmm. to be an exposure of <laughs> of what is true kingdom alignment where your mm-hmm. will is is in alignment with father's will. And if there are wounds that are obstructing the ability for Abba to give you gifts and for you to mm-hmm. receive from Abba. Um, and where your, your control is just 
your only safe spot, then mm. there's, there's a lot of room for healing <laughs> and mm. room for, uh, for growth. So this is my last question to you. What advice would you give someone who's looking to heal father wounds? Where would you, what's some of the first steps? Because people, mm. they feel these father wounds. They know they exist. Um, even if there's their soul doesn't want to go there because of shame, whatever it's there. And it's not just surface level. It's generational. It's back in the generations. What mm. advice would you give to them? Um, ask God to show you what, what the lies are that the enemy has invested in you, in, in you, and then eventually in your family. But show them what those lies are. Show, show, ask him God to show you what is really true about, about the Lord. Um, I, I had got this piece of advice from Arthur from an album, and I did it. Uh, it made a huge change in my life. And it was to read the Gospel of John every day for a year. So I don't read the entire. So in my in my program, the one I signed for myself that I created, I read a chapter a day, and I just studied the living daylights out of it. And then, and then the next day, the next chapter, I did that for a year. At the beginning of the year, I had moved. Uh, the Lord told me to move from one town to another, so I did. I moved. In the day that I moved, I started that program. I was in an apartment by myself, new, new place, new community. I had the time. At the end of that year, Susan and I had just gotten married the day before, and we were. I was moving her from Oklahoma back to, um, back to Idaho. And the Lord said to me, "What day is today?" And I said, "Let's stay such and such." And He said. Yeah. And then I said, well, why? And he said, well, what happened a year ago? That was the day I started that program. I made the move that God told me. I started that program, reading the Gospel of John every day for a year. It completely changed my concept of prayer, completely changed my concept of who's important. Like, who do I worship? Well, Jesus said, the Father is more important than everyone. You should be, you should have joy for me because I go back to the Father and he's above everyone. It's like, we most yeah, <laughs> that, that's the relationship I I want to have, and that's and that's yeah, that's how I want to be. So just yeah, growing in that, um, I believe I believe in God's ability to reveal His love to us, to minister love to us. Um, it doesn't have to just come from family. It's really important to not take people's advice on that. Just listen for listen for the words they have in the life of the Spirit in them, and go with that. Yeah, yeah. No one can really tell you how. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. It's been awesome to talk to you and just hear your wisdom and just kind of listen and glean from, from your knowledge. So, um, blessings to you. If you are not familiar with Sapphire leadership group or Dave Brooks, he runs kind of like an online, um, church, essentially, a mm-hmm. cell group, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you call it exactly, but we call it office hours. It's kind of a cell yeah. group. Yeah. Okay. It's internet. It's international. South Africa, Europe, Canada, the U.S. Sometimes we have some folks from Australia and other places. It's a phenomenal group. I've been there several different times. It's always filled with the kindness of God um, and just a flow oh, of God. life all yeah. all throughout. So, what times do you have office hours? I have it. I'm in Mountain Time, and for me, it's eight to ten a.m. on Saturday. For East Coast time, that would be ten to noon. Or okay. California would be seven to nine. Perfect. Right, right um, now in Europe and South Africa, it's uh, five to seven p.m. on Saturday. Okay. Nine hours difference. Yeah, 
Perfect. Well, if you want to plug into office hours with Dave, um, feel free to do that. There will be uh, links posted as well. If you are interested in learning more about Sapphire Leadership Group and Arthur Burke's ministry, where a lot of these paradigms are formed from, check out theslg.com. Dave, it has been amazing to talk to you and we will see you soon. Thanks so much. It's been amazing to talk to you. Blessings to you guys. Blessings. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo.